This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty. Good Wednesday evening, everybody, along with Brian Mangia. The Good Vibes 365. We're here until midnight. Then it's Freddie and Fitzsimmons on 98.7 ESPN. You know what we do? Let's go to work. We begin with the NBA draft. Yes, there's some baseball news we'll talk about, but we're going to begin with the NBA draft and the Knicks. And so... Everybody was wondering what the Knicks were going to do today, right? And I guarantee you we will take you live to our our ESPN studios when they pick again with the 23rd pick. And they'll do that momentarily, so hang with us, and then we'll get your thoughts on what they've done with the 8th pick and the 23rd pick, which they got in a trade with Utah. And so, you know, I, I, I think they were listening to the show last night. Or maybe they maybe they were folks that participated in our Twitter poll question, right? Because we asked, what should they do? So they didn't trade the eighth pick, but what they did was they made a deal to move up in the first round by giving up their 27th and 38th picks. All right, so now they're going to draft 23 with Utah, and this gives them an opportunity to probably get that point guard that they did not get with the eighth pick where they when they selected uh, Obi Toppin out of Dayton, the kid from Brooklyn. And I know there, there's a lot of people who liked him, and there's a lot of people who really wanted Halliburton. And we talked about Halliburton last night, and I told you that on our ESPN mock draft, that's who we thought they were going to take. But there had been a, a real recent interest in Toppin of late. Yes, and you're going to hear about the fact that, you know, he's a he's a CAA client and Leon Rose and there's synergy there and that's part of it. But the other part that you like is that here's a young man who is an athlete. All right, that's number 1. He's an athlete. He's a scorer. Yeah, we saw a lot of dunks, but while we were watching, I had the chance to go on to some quick skimming of some games. He can shoot the basketball too. He's not just a five slam a jam guy. He's a guy that can shoot the basketball. Defensively, eh, he's going to need some work. <laughs> okay, he's going to need some work. Like a lot of players that come into the league, right? You know, everybody doesn't come in saying, "Okay, I'm going to lock it down defensively. I know what's happening." Everybody doesn't do that. So we'll see what happens with him. But I, I like the I like the pick. I'm very curious to see how he's going to, you know, what role he's going to play in this offense. Six, seven, good size. Uh, so, you know, hopefully this will be the kind of player that the Knicks can build around. And like I said, I'm thinking they're going to go point guard with this uh, pick at number 23. So uh, that's going to be interesting to see. Uh, the Nets, who had a player and then traded him, uh, as you heard moments ago here on 98.7 ESPN, it was uh, they chose Sadiq Bay, And then he was traded to the Clippers, and the Nets get Landry Schmidt, and then there's a three-way deal that includes the Pistons, and Luke Kennard's heading to the Clippers, So, and the Pistons will get Bay. So uh, once again, you're seeing uh, what the Nets are trying to do. And you wonder if this is a way for them to... In, in, in getting this, well, I believe as a guard, in getting this players, this is a, this a way for them to, uh, you know, prepare and get ready in the event they have to move some of these people in the James Harden deal, right? Because they're going to need some, some backcourt help because a bunch of the backcourt players 
Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert, uh, are rumored to be going to Houston if indeed they are able to get that deal through. So, you know, we have a lot to talk about with that uh, during the night. But I want to hear from you. What are your early thoughts on Tappan as opposed to Halliburton? 1-800-919-3776. Also on Twitter, at Hardesty ESPN, at ESPN NY, 98 underscore 7 FM. Look, at the top of the draft, Anthony Edwards, I think, was a no-brainer. You knew that he was going to go number one. I know there was some talk. What about LaMelo Ball, Wiseman, Williams, Okoro? No, 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 no. It was going to be Anthony Edwards. And uh, he's going to help Minnesota. He's going to give them some scoring in the backcourt. You're starting to see them put some things together. James Wiseman, I think, is going to be that player. And, and here's what's funny. Because even when Golden State was winning and they won their 73 games and, and you know, was just a tremendous team and, and won the championship. Even when they did that, they were a little susceptible to the bigger teams up front. Now, look, they shot the lights out, so it, it, it didn't bother them. But you did notice that there was, you know, some some issues, minor issues with uh, teams that were a little bigger, okay, uh, on the boards. So here's a young man who's able to give them some speed, some scoring, and hit the boards and give them some defense. Uh, so I think that's that's a really good move, obviously, a really good move for them. And then, <laughs> I mean, Twitter went wild. Memes, gifts, uh, everything that you could think about. Okay, when LaMelo Ball gets drafted by the Charlotte Hornets. And I just think there was one, there was one <laughs> that I saw on Twitter that was simply hilarious. And it said, this is Michael Jordan walking by uh, LaMelo Ball's dad. And there's a picture of some a guy sitting and somebody walking by and smacking this guy in the back of the head so hard that he knocked him out the chair. <laughs> and obviously, you know, I'm better, you know, you know, you know, Mr. Ball. He's all world. He's better than anybody. He could beat Michael Jordan. He could beat everybody. There's, there's nobody that he can't stop. There's nobody that can that's as good an athlete as he is. He's the king. He's the world. He's this. So, uh, obviously, that was an interesting move there. And, of course, Patrick Williams goes to uh, the Bulls. Isaac Okoro uh, going to um, the Cavaliers. And um, uh, Anika Okungu uh, headed over to the Hawks. Killian Hayes to the Pistons. And, of course, Obi Toppin going to the Knicks. 1-800-919-3776. Also on Twitter, at Hardesty ESPN, at ESPN NY, 98 underscore 7 FM. I am very curious, as Tyrese Maxey is uh, headed to the Philadelphia 76ers, the shooting guard out of Kentucky, as, as we get closer to the Knicks pick at 23, I know, and, and it was funny, once again, just watching how Folks were weighing in and just watching on Twitter and, and just and talking to a couple of folks that I, I know, uh, going back and forth on Twitter, and just getting their thought process and how scary they were that, oh, no, dude, is it Halliburton? Is it going to be Toppin? Is it going to be Halliburton? Is it going to be Toppin? And, and 
it's uh, it, it, it's fascinating to see how all this is going to develop, right? Because once again, this is going to be for these kids the shortest time of preparation to get to the pros that anybody has ever had, right? Because I mean, they got to go. <laughs> they, they'll leave today, <laughs> they'll leave tomorrow, and they have to be at their at their at their city for their team to get ready. Obviously, with COVID protocols and everything like that, so. You know, they have to be ready. They got to be mentally focused. They have to be ready to go and to, you know, be ready to, to be a part of their team. So that is uh, very, very interesting to see how they're going to make that adjustment. And a lot of these kids have not played in, in, in a while. And that's what's so interesting is in watching and watching uh, Cole Anthony and his interview and just as we talked last night about how far he has dropped because of the injury, because of his, you know, not being healthy and trying to come back and just not being that player. And he would, there's no, if there was an, if there was an NCAA tournament and he would have been able to play, then a lot of these, not only just him, but a lot of these players you'd be able to see. And for me, that's where I really love watching because I understand. They're great to watch during the regular season, and I'm not saying that college basketball's regular season doesn't mean anything. It's not what I'm saying at all. But what is really interesting for me is watching them in the tournament, watching them under this pressure, watching them when they're in a one-and-done situation, when you can just have a bad night and that's it, right? It, It just could be one of those days. You just have a bad night, and unfortunately, you're going home. So how do those players max up? How do they respond to the pressure of being in a situation where it's win or go home? And uh, I miss that. So I'm looking forward to seeing that this year again. And it looks like when, when you talk about all the early uh, projections about trying to make sure that you know everybody's protected with with COVID and everything about being in the bubble where there's only going to be one city and the teams will be in that one city. That for me is the correct way to go. The other thing I've noticed tonight, and maybe it's just me, I haven't noticed it this much in previous drafts, but there's a lot of emotion in these players. There's a lot of emotion in these players and these players accomplishing a goal. And accomplishing a goal in a situation where their seasons were curtailed because of the pandemic. Their seasons ended. And so all the extra work that they had to do, all the face, you know, the FaceTiming and the Zoom conversations they had and the workouts that they had to do privately. All that hard work and, and all that information and, and all that pressure, it just seemed to be released that they are so thankful that they are they've made their they they're making their dream come true, and the fact that they are headed to the NBA after playing ball forever, <laughs> that they are living their dream, and so for me it's 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 fun to see. Uh, the emotion that's coming from these players, it's fun to see. And you know what's even more fun? The proud parents. The proud parents sitting there, you know, Spike Lee, you know, crashing the party at Greg Anthony's spot. (laughs) 
Those were the fun things. 1-800-919-3776. I'll tell you what, we'll hold off on our break. We want to make sure that we bring to you uh, when we go back to Bristol as soon as the Knicks pick that 23rd. So we'll stay, and we'll talk to you on the phones. Edwin's in Tribeca. Hey, Edwin, you're up first on ESPN New York tonight. Hey, Larry, I'm leading off tonight. You're batting leadoff, my friend. What's happening? Oh, hey, how's it going? Great. Loving, loving, loving the pick at, 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 at eight for the Knicks. It also it represents CAA and Leon Rose and what they're doing in the big asset we brought in of this offseason. It mm-hmm. represents us there well. Uh, I just wanted it all to bring up real quick. Patrick Williams at four mm-hmm. was the uh, monkey wrench in the draft. That's what threw everything off. Your opinion? Yeah. I agree. Uh, because, you know, the Knicks were thinking that they would have to move up again uh, to try to get Toppin. They they really like this kid. So, listen, and it's, it's funny because there was some early thinking, and I think Woj had it probably early this afternoon, Edwin, that there was some change. So it's possible that mostly Halliburton, because that's where a lot of people were thinking, that people were going to drop. So the folks that the Knicks really thought they would have to move up to get – uh, we're going to drop to them. So they had a choice. And, they, you know, it is it is so ironic that when you talk about the Knicks and you talk about how they always have trouble with the draft, right, when they talk about it, and here they had both players that they wanted right in the, right in the palm of their hand, so they had to make a choice. Right. I like Trey Jones. I know you got to go. I like Trey Jones out of Duke. If we can get him, that'd be great. And also, that would be all great. those big fans, for, for, uh, for, I'm sorry, Larry? No, that, I agree with you. That would be great. That would be great. And for all the Knicks fans out there that are saying they should have took Holland Burton overtopping, nobody had Holland Burton overtopping in their mock drive. I hang up and listen, Larry. God bless you. Have a good night. All right, Edwin. Thanks for checking in, my friend. Uh, no, it's true. A lot of people didn't because I – and I think really, Edwin, a lot of people had um, Halliburton in that spot because they thought that uh, – very simply, that Toppin would be gone. They were just sure that Toppin was not going to be there. So I think that's why you saw so much Halliburton as you got uh, closer and closer to these mock drafts. Because nobody expected Toppin to be down this far, I don't think. I know I didn't from the folks I was uh, been following. He was supposed to go in the top five or six. So, and, and once again, that's where the Knicks thought they would have to go is to move up and to, uh, you know, get those players. So, uh, to get topping. So, you know, fortunately, hopefully it works out. And so now you've got the player you wanted. Now the next step is to turn them over to your coaching staff, right? Turn them over to, uh, those coaches to get him ready to work with him, to see what he needs to do, uh, you know, to, to, Work with him defensively. Looks like he loves to run the floor, and that's a good thing because you want to push the basketball. So, he, once again, you can't go wrong when you have an athlete. <laughs> okay? When you got an athlete, that's half the battle. You can teach an athlete to do things. Athletes are, you know, they're great. That's what you want. Talent, athletes, athletic talent, and, and guys that can shoot, that's a premium. We're about, oh, 255, two minutes and 50 seconds left before the Knicks have to make their pick. They are on the clock, pick number 23 in round one. And, uh, you know, once again, 
what will they do? Who will they take? Will they go point guard? Will they go big again? I'm very curious to see what they will do. Very curious to see. It's ESPN New York tonight here on 98.7 ESPN. Of course, a little later, we'll talk about the situation with Robinson Cano. And that is also our code top story uh, tonight on the show. And, you know, once again, if you just if you didn't know, Robinson Cano has been suspended for this season because of his second uh, situation with uh, performance enhancing drugs. And uh, so and will forego his twenty four million dollars for this season. And so the Mets will now have some other money that's already spent. That's earmarked to something else. So I can think of about or maybe two or three positions that I would love to go, would love to use <laughs> that $24 million for. And a home for Jeff McNeil. Okay, that, that's the other thing. A home for Jeff McNeil. So I don't have to see him in left field. If you, want, if, if you like J.D. Davis at third base, where I thought he performed well at third base, you can do that. You know, I like that spot there for him. Whatever. I'm at Rosario. You know, you, you've, got to, you've got to rotate your infield if you want to. Plus, you get to be better defensively up the middle. So, for me, I'm sorry it happened to Cano. He should know better. Once you've been caught, you understand that if you're caught again, what the circumstances are. At 38, now when he comes back, he would be 39. I don't know if he's coming back. He might just retire and not come back. And play baseball. But we'll talk about that a little later. Right now, our topic is the NBA draft. The Knicks are on the clock with their 23rd pick. And uh, we're waiting to see just what they're going to do and take with that pick. And you know what? It's just funny. Looking at uh, and watching this on Twitter, Woj is just so quick. (laughs) Woj has got, Woj is beating everybody with everything. And and that's what's so funny in, in watching him and watching him do his work and everything. He is just rolling with with information and picks and everything. He he does a tremendous job. But um, you know, we're we're happy that he's on our team and he's doing a a great thing in getting this draft rolling and giving you the eyes and ears of what's going on here. Uh looking at the other picks in this draft, Isaiah Stewart, the center going to Portland. That's a good move for them because that gives them a little depth at that position. You know, they've had some injuries there. And, uh, you know, so we've got some young players to come in and, um, you know, give them some depth there because that's one of the things that hurts them when they have to face a Laker team that can boast three seven-footers across the middle. Uh, when you have to match up with the Dallas Mavericks who've got Doncic and KP when KP's healthy over there. So those are the those are the the um issues that they have so I think that's a good move for them. So Jay Billis has got a couple of folks available, uh Jaden McDaniels out of Washington, Tyler Bay out of Colorado, Trey Jones who Edwin likes out of Duke, Robert Woodard the second out of Mississippi State and RJ Hampton. Uh so we'll see uh what's happening uh with this Nick team and right now what they're doing is they're going over the trade that the Knicks made earlier where they received, where the Jazz received the Knicks first round pick, which was 27th overall, and the second round pick, which was 38th overall for the, for the, uh, 23rd overall pick in the first round and the rights to Antitomic, who is a player from overseas. So we're waiting to hear. The Knicks are still on the clock. It makes you wonder if they are, 
Are they going to make a trade? Hmm? <laughs> what are they going to do with this with this pick? They're waiting to the very last minute. And listen, that's a good thing. Take all the time. Nerve taking make way sure. too long, Larry. It's making me nervous. I know, Brian. I know. I hear you. But that's what I want. I want there to be a consensus. Take all the time. You got five minutes. Take the four or five minutes. You, you don't get extra time. This is your last pick of the night. You can go home <laughs> after this. Just make sure you get it done. And uh, the commissioner is going to the podium. With the 23rd pick in the 2020 NBA draft, the New York Knicks select Leandro Bomaro from Cordoba, Argentina. Leandro Bomaro is selected, and there was such delight that the camera kind of got knocked around a little bit in the initial celebration as the swingman out of Argentina and now celebrating in Barcelona uh, with his friends and family in the pantheon of Argentinian sports. A couple of names resonate around the globe. It's not just Bomaro, Lionel Messi, a six-time award winner as a top player. There's Manu Ginobili, a four-time All-Star and champion with the San Antonio Spurs. And now you have someone trying to follow in the footsteps. The Knicks take Leandro Bomaro out of Argentina, shooting guard, with the 23rd pick. And so once again, uh, high motor, good court vision, that's what you want to see. I haven't seen much of him. We'll, uh, you know, do some quick homework on him. And, you know, curious to hear what you got to say. Before we get to the phone, what's that song like, Brian? Hold up. Wait a minute. Leandro Bomaro. He was a Nick for about two seconds. As soon as he went off TV from talking to Armalika Andrews, they took the hat away from him. <laughs> they gave him a Minnesota Timberwolves hat because that's where he's headed. So he's going to Minnesota for numbers 25 and 33. So the Knicks are about to pick again. They picked in that spot, obviously, for Minnesota. Now they're going to pick for themselves, and they got their second-round pick back that they lost in the earlier trade and actually moved up five spaces. So we'll see what the Knicks will do as they will be back on the clock in a minute. So this is, if you're a Knicks fan, you're, you're pretty excited. Because this is some wheeling and dealing that they normally don't do on draft night, right? You're, you're just waiting to see what is, what's going on, what's happening. Uh, but they are about to be back on the clock. And uh, R.J. Hampton was picked by the Milwaukee Bucks, but he could be headed uh, as via a trade as well. So a lot of folks doing some wheeling and dealing uh, in this draft tonight. And that's, uh, you know, that, that's what makes it fun. That's what makes it fun. And look, this is, uh, and, and I think somebody said it best. This is, the Knicks have moved up twice and they really haven't given up anything. What they've done is they've just been able to move and, and reposition the uh, draft choices that they have. All right, so let's go to Adam NBA Silver. Draft. The Oklahoma City Thunder select Emmanuel Quickly from the University of Kentucky. So the second Wildcat guard going in the last few picks, in the last five picks to be precise, after Tyrese Maxey went to Philadelphia, Emmanuel Quickly is selected by the So Emmanuel Quickly was picked by OKC, but he is obviously coming to the Knicks. 
And when you look at his, he was the uh, SEC Player of the Year out of Kentucky, 43% shooter from three, averaged 16, 16.1 points per game, 4.2 rebounds per game, and he's a point guard. And um, he's a listen, that's what they need. He's a guy who's got a little range to him. Uh, he could put the ball on the deck, take it to the hole strong. And so it looks like the Knicks have a point guard now. So that's a that's a nice deal. So he was picked once again by the Oklahoma City Thunder, but that deal is coming to the Knicks. And of course the Knicks will be back on the clock at thirty three. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Also on Twitter at Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY ninety eight underscore seven FM. Let's talk to you on the phones. Bruce is in Flushing. Hey Bruce, you're next on ninety eight seven. Hey Larry, how you doing? Good, Bruce. What's up? A uh, couple of quick points. Number one, I think the pick of Tobin reminds me when the Knicks drafted Willis Reed. It's mm. when the franchise is changing its fortune with the when he drafted Reed, and I think this Tobin pick is the same thing. And to me, what makes perfect sense now, with Tobin on on, on one wing, you got R.J. Barrett on, on another, now you bring in Russell. Bruce? All right, Bruce, we dropped. I want you to call back so I can hear you finish your thought. But that is interesting uh, because when you we, you go back in Nick history, and what when they when the Knicks drafted Willis Reed, they already had a guy named Walt Bellamy who was their big center. He was their money center, and so people were like, "Well, why, what are you going to do with two guys? <laughs> like, you know what what's happening?" And really, when Willis started with the Knicks, he was a player who was really they played him at the forward spot, and that ultimately led for them getting Dave DeBusher in a, a little bit later in the trade to really be the power forward and then slide Willis Reed over to the center position. Uh, so I, I hear what Bruce is talking about as far as, you know, what that did as far as changing what, uh, you know, the fortunes of that team. And this is this is going to be interesting to see just how this works for, uh, you know, the Knicks with your young players. And you've got now a young guy in six seven who could play on the wing, athletic. You've got a point guard now who I think will be pretty good. And, um, you know, I'm sure I see uh, John Calipari smiling <laughs> because he's got, a, he's got another one of his guys in the NBA. And, oh, by the way, uh, a, a coach whom this kid has worked with is right here because he's going to be – he is a member of the Knicks – uh, staff and so a, a player that uh, a coach that he's worked with, somebody that he knows and will be, uh, you know, will will be comfortable with, and and that's good because it makes that transition that much. Well, this draft, as far as the Knicks are concerned, has been very, very interesting. Very interesting, and I would think that uh, you would be, as a Nick fan, you're you're kind of intrigued by what they've been able to do. All right, so first of all, just recapping, with the eighth pick, they chose Obi Toppin, the kid out of Dayton, who is a very, very talented young man. Uh, six foot nine, uh, scoring forward, averaged 20 points on 63% shooting last year. So he's a guy who can shoot the basketball. Some folks were talking about defense. I was listening to Wally Zerbiak 
you know, volleyball, and he was talking about how people are down on Toppin's ability to play defense. But actually, when you think about it, he is an athlete and should be able to adjust and play the way the Knicks need to play. So we'll see what happens there. And But you want to score. And here's a guy who can, who can score the basketball. And a, a, a wing player who, can, who likes to get up and down the floor and who likes to be excellent on the break. You can always use a player like that. Defensively, of course, you want your players to be good defensive players, obviously. But that's something you can work with. He's going to be on the floor. For him to get on the floor, he's got to be able to understand what they were able to do offensively and pick up the the defense. And listen, with Tom Thibodeau as the head coach, I have no doubt (laughs) that he will get the defense squared away. Then they play uh, let's make a deal again. And they uh, drafted Leandro Bomaro, who is a shooting guard, and then sent him to Minnesota in exchange for the 25th pick and the 33rd pick. Remember, they had 27 and 38 to begin with. They moved up to 23 with those two picks and then got two back. <laughs> so they got this second round pick back again. And so with the first, with the 25th pick, they took uh, OKC, took Emmanuel quickly out of Kentucky, a point guard who's coming to the Knicks. And then, of course, the Knicks will be back on the clock again at 33. Let's go back and talk to Bruce so he can finish his comments. Bruce, you're back on 98.7 ESPN. Yeah, Larry, can you hear me now? Yes, I do. Okay. To me, what, what, what's happening now, because the guard they left out of Kentucky, according to Wally, is more of a shooting guard than a point guard. Mm-hmm. He shot 43% from, uh, from the field from the outside. Yep. Now, with this kind of a team, I think you bring in Russell Westbrook. Can you imagine Westbrook with Toppin, mm-hmm. with, uh, with Robinson, with R.J. Barrett? They're going to be running up and down the floor. And whatever defensive shortcomings um, Westbrook has, Robinson can cover him if they're going to drive past Westbrook. To me, Westbrook is now a perfect fit. That's an interesting point, Bruce, because you're right. You have some young talent with him. You've got some people that can run with him. And maybe that will be the case because when you look at and, – and there's been a number of folks that's been mentioned in these deals with Westbrook – but when you talk about it and the money that has to match, when you're talking about money, it's really the, the Josh Randles, the Julius Randles who makes money and, and, you know, a couple of other players who've got a very large salary. So those are going to be the players that you would have to make to make moves on. And, of course, you're going to have to give up, I would think, a draft choice or two. But you have some extra ones. So that, that's an interesting point, Bruce, that you make. Would you Now, with the 33rd pick, if he's still available, would you pick this kid, Bain, I want shot makers, Bruce. So anybody that's left on the board when I take when I pick thirty three, that's a shot maker, especially from three point range. I want them on my team because that's what the NBA is now. Yeah. Okay, Larry. Take care. All right, Bruce. Thanks. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. I always say that's what you want. You want you want shot makers. Okay. I don't care about shot takers. I want shot makers. Joe's in Brooklyn. Hey, Joe, you're next on 98.7.
Hey, Larry. How's it going, man? All right, Joe. What's up? Uh, I mean, I'm watching this draft. I'm losing my I'm losing my mind here because okay. this guy Toppin. I mean, I've listened to maybe and granted, I didn't watch a ton of A10 basketball last year, mm-hmm. but I just listened to ten people talk about this guy, and the only thing that anybody is saying is that he can dunk. Like nothing about his defense, nothing about his ball handling skills, nothing about an outside shot, nothing. But he can dunk. Like this is what you take with the eighth pick. He's like got him. He's got point guards on the board. Joe, he's got a mid-range game, uh, and I understand what you're saying because a lot of that, a lot of the packages that they showed were all of him dunking because with their with with the style of play that they had, a lot of it was pushing the basketball, and he was on the wing, so he got a lot of fast break points. But when they went into a half court offense on occasion, Joe, he does have a mid range jumper. He's, he's averaging like twenty points per game, and we'll wait and see what he does in the NBA. But I understand what you're saying. But the interesting thing for me, John, I'll let you finish in a second. The interesting thing for me is what happened with Halliburton because he dropped a lot. You know what I'm saying? He dropped a lot. I know he dropped a lot, but you know what? I I mean, anything I've heard about him is that he's an analytics, you know, guy that they like him. That he he fits. I mean, maybe people are going against that. But, I mean – what I see when I look at Toppin is a pick-and-roll forward who is in a perfect world is what they want Mitchell Robinson to be. And I just don't understand how you're going to have Mitchell Robinson and Toppin on the floor at the same time, and the Knicks are not going to turn the ball over like crazy. And they're not going to get into foul trouble like crazy. This is not a good pick. It's not. Toppin may fit for another team, but not a team that is as bad as the Knicks are. This is not a pick that you build around, okay? He is, yeah, you're right. He does have somewhat of a mid-range game, but I'm just not confident that's going to transfer over from the A-10 to the NBA. I'm sorry. I just don't see the value in this pick at where they were picking. Like, you do not need a pick-and-roll forward who could dunk. They have that already. They have enough of that. Knox, Robinson, all these, all these big men that they drafted high, and then you take another one? Like, take a point guard. I don't understand what the heck they're thinking over there. I really don't. It's really driving me crazy because I feel like as many times as the Knicks change head coaches, as many times as they change front office guys, it's the same garbage over and over again. I'm just I'm sick of it, man. I really am. I can't listen to this guy. I've listened to 10 people tell me how much this guy can dunk. Are you kidding me? This is the NBA. Everybody can dunk. Like, <laughs> is that, that's, what, that's what the lone write-up on this guy is at number eight, he can dunk. Well, I'll say this, Joe, and I hear what you're saying and I hear your frustration and thanks for the phone call, but I'll say this. You got to wait and see. You have to wait and see what he's able to do, what he brings to the table and how he fits in the offense that Tom Thibodeau is going to run. Got to wait and see. Uh, I, I had a similar thought to be honest with you, because I'm looking at the highlight packages and that's all they had was him slamming. I knew he's, he's a very, He's a guy that attacks the rim. I'll say that. He knows how to finish. But in this league, you're going to have to be able to hit a jumper, a mid-range jumper. Okay, if he's not a three-point shooter, I got that. But he's a guy that's on the wing. And, you know, Mitchell Robinson will, will be your center. I don't know if he's going to be your starting center because I don't know what this team is going to look like. And plus, I don't know, Joe, if, as you mentioned, you talk about Kevin Knox, you talk about this one and that one. Maybe they're going to package some of these guys up and move them in a deal. So maybe that's why they're looking to have players that are similar to what they already have, but they may feel are better. 
So we just have to wait and see. But I understand your concern. I really do. Riding the roller coaster of the NBA draft. Let's go back to the phones. Henry's in Florida. Hey, Henry, you're next on 987. Um, I don't. Well, I think I do get why we're getting so much top and hate. And I'm a longtime Knicks fan. I remember the day they traded Bells and Butch for DeBusher mm-hmm. very, very happily. Um, and I think what you're starting to see with the top and hate is that Nick fans have turned into sort of closet Nick haters because they've been frustrated for so long. And I understand that. I get that. But with the new team in charge, they need to step back and, and, and give this a chance before they condemn everything. Now, if you really paid attention coming into this draft, Obi Toppin was the national player of the year. He has a complete offensive game. They say that um, other than Anthony Edwards, he might be the best offensive player in this draft. He shot 40% from three. He's got a decent handle. He's got a mid-range game. He Mm -hmm. can rebound. He he was supposed to go between three and six, but he fell to the Knicks at eight. So, you know, this whole hate thing is absolutely ridiculous. They took the best player that was available on the board, and I don't think you ever go wrong by doing that. Especially if, if it's the guy that you want, right? Especially exactly. If it, they were ready to trade up for, uh, to get right. him. Yeah, you're right, I mean, Henry. I, I just don't get it. Thank well, you. It's, it's very simple, Henry, and thanks for the phone call. It's the fact that you don't really know a lot about the kid. And once again, you, you didn't have the benefit of having a tournament where you could watch these players. Even even the conference tournament where you could watch them and see how they were. And the Knicks were ready to move up to get Obi Toppin. All right? and, and as one of the callers mentioned earlier, it was really Patrick Williams, the Bulls, that really shifted everything. And there had been some thought that they were going to do that and that would drop everybody. Even Halliburton was supposed to – I mean, both of them were available. There's no way – there's a bunch of mock drafts, and in none of the mock drafts that I saw, and Tyrese Halliburton went 12th, none of the mock drafts that I saw had him going past 10. As a matter of fact, him going to the Knicks, Halliburton to the Knicks was the lowest draft, and that's the one we had at ESPN, and that's where they ended up showing him, and he was going to be 8th, and there were others that had him, other mock drafts that had him further up than that. So once again, I understand. And Joe was reacting to what he's heard other people talk about. But that's why you got to wait and see. You have to wait and see. They played a really up-tempo game where they pushed the basketball a lot. He was on the wing. He He was great. And that's why he got so many dunks. And yeah, he did some pick and roll play, as you saw, on some of the dunks. But he has a mid-range game. And listen, as the caller mentioned, 40% from three is not bad. For 6'9 forward, it's not bad. So let's just wait and see how good he is. Justin's in Lodi. Hey, Justin, you're next on 98.7. Hey, Larry, how's it going, man? Um, long time, first time. Well, great. Thanks for calling. Oh, uh, yeah, appreciate you taking the call. Um, yeah, I just, honestly, the last caller, he nailed it. Um, pretty much hit every point I wanted to. Henry, I think his name was. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so because I heard the other guy talking about how he just, Obi just dunks, and I'm just like, dang! Like, obviously he just wasn't, you know, informed on how this guy plays. But 
you know, I think he's super versatile. I think um, I think one of the things that a lot of people aren't even mentioning is his passing ability. I think that, um, like, in the high post game, like, he can easily, you know, uh, maybe even find Mitchell Robinson on those backdoor lobs, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot like Tibbs used to use, like, Joe Kim Noah mm-hmm. and stuff like that, making those passes. So, um, but since uh, Henry pretty much nailed all those points, I really want to talk about how um, how they made this deal. We pretty much had the 27th pick and the 38th pick, and we turned it to the 25th pick and the 33rd pick. Yeah, Like, I don't know. I can't remember the last time the Knicks pulled something like that off. It might be something simple, but, like, that, those are smart moves. You know what I mean? Like, And they, and they didn't give up anything. They just switched their right, draft exactly. positions. <laughs> no exactly. players, just just positions. Nothing. Just being being shrewd and making smart decisions. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. excellent to see. So um, quickly, I know that's Kenny Payne's guy, so I'm happy yeah. he got his guy. Mm-hmm. I think that's an amazing match, uh, you know, a pairing right there. Um, I mean, we'll see. I think the options are open. The Westbrook trade is up in the air. But I think, like, now we have options. You know what? Mitch, I think Obi works good. RJ, you could slot him in at the three. Preferably, that's what I think he should be playing. But he could work at the two, depending on you know who the three is. It right. has to be a shooter, I think. Right. But um, yeah, man, I think we're just heading in, in a good you know direction, and um, it's going to take time to build this thing. But I feel like this time we have the right people finally in place to get this done. So. Well, Fingers I'll say crossed. this, Justin. I'll say this, and thanks for the yeah. phone call, my friend. Thanks for checking in. I'll, I'll say this: we got to wait and see how they play. In theory, what you're saying is right. You're watching them be shrewd. You're watching them maneuver. You're watching them with a game plan. All right, it's about, okay, We here's where we were. We want to move further up in the first round. Okay, so we got rid of our second round pick, but we move up to get it. And then we not only get our second round pick back, but we move up five spaces to where our original second round pick was. And so that ability to maneuver and do some things, that's a good sign. Now, they have. we'll see if they're going to go out and try to get a point guard. I know that uh, Emmanuel Quickly from Kentucky played the point guard, and I understand what Bruce was saying that Wally Zerbiak mentioned that he's more of a scoring point guard, but he can still handle the basketball. And he can still, listen, I'll take a point guard that can shoot. I don't have to have a point guard that, that, that can't score, okay? So when you look at this team and you see where they were last year, I told you going in, the Knicks need shot makers, guys that can put points on the board because this team could not score for anything last year. And they still need a point guard. There's no question about it. They have a possible point guard or, or a guard who can play interchange who can shoot and handle the basketball. So we'll see what happens. But you like the game plan that they've had so far. That's what you like. Sam's in Brooklyn. Hey, Sam, you're next on 98.7. Um, hi, Larry. Thank you for taking my call. You got it, Sam. What's up, man? Um, so I I assume that you saw the Nets trade for Shamit from the Clippers. Yes. Um, so what do you think about that? You think it's a good move for the bench? Because if if the Nets end up trading LeVert and Dinwiddie and Allen, then they're not going to really have a bench, um, you know, when everyone needs to take a rest. So I think it's a really good move. What do you think? Well, I, I do. I, I think they're looking for some backup help. 
They need to fill out that bench. What they'll probably do if they are fortunate enough to make that deal with Houston is they'll get some veterans who'll take the veterans minimum and they'll play for, you know, whatever it is, a million dollars, a million five, and they'll fill up their roster that way. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, that's what you want to One do. One more thing. You, yes. Um, do you think that Joe Harris is going to want to resign, being that the Nets are probably going to go really deep in the playoffs this year? Yes. Or do you think that he's going to look for money? No, I think he's going to want to resign. I think, and and I think that they're going to make him a priority to resign. I really do. Thanks for the phone call, Sam. I they know and understand that they need him to be a part because even 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 with Harden and with Kyrie and with Durant, if you decide to try to double team, you need shooters around to spread the floor. It makes them easy to get to where they're going if they're trying to post up or whatever they're trying to work on there defender and also by having shooters around if they try to double team it spreads the floor out so a guy like joe harris could be sitting with open jumpers i mean that would be perfect for him and it would be perfect for their offense so no i i really think that um they're going to try to resign him now i'm hearing 18 19 million a year for him and i know that might be high but they really like joe harris they like what he was able to do they like that he was part of this team and they like how he fit in with the ball club. And you need as many chemistry pieces with this team if you're bringing in so many new people. So as many people as you can hold over, because you don't know who's going to, you're going to have to get it, put in this trade. If you got some folks that are familiar with playing with Kyrie, he played with Kyrie a couple of minutes in a couple of games last year. So he's got a little connection with him, and, and I think it's a good thing. So um, for me, that's what they need to do. So I, I really think they're going to sign Joe Harris and, and bring him back. That's what they should do. We're waiting for the second round of tonight's draft to start, and the Knicks will have the 33rd pick in that first round, and we'll take you to the commissioner to hear what he's got to say. So until we do, let's take some phone calls. We'll hold top stories because I want to go right and want to go live to the commissioner when he hits the podium. Let's go to Mike in Queens. Hey, Mike, you're next on 98.7. Good evening, Larry. How are you? What's up, Mike? Good thing the NBA draft is tonight because it's so cold outside. We need the steam out of our ears to keep us warm. We need a red, angry face to keep us warm because of how cold it is. Larry, there are three givens in life. Death, taxes, the Knicks will take a power forward. Uh, And the one time they do take a point guard, uh, they take the wrong one. So that's where we're at the Knicks. They either take a power forward or if they do take a point guard, they take the wrong one. Now, like people say, oh, you draft the best play, Toppin's the best play he, he fell. Larry, to me, the math is simple. You have two power forwards and no point guards. See, Larry, if I'm a GM, I draft by, by need. If, I, if, if I'm a GM, I don't care about how good Toppin is. Because, and people say, well, he's better than, better than Mitchell. I don't care. I don't have a point guard. So, what does, so how does Toppin help me with the point guard? What, Toppin's going to pass the ball, the ball to Mitchell? And we talked last night about how the Knicks have to develop Mitchell Robinson. Because last year, how many times did he foul out? How many times last year did Mitchell Robinson have to leave the game because he got into foul trouble? So he needs more time. So, so how does he get more time if you have topic? Won't they, like, won't, I mean, if you, you need to de- develop Mitchell Robinson. So how about you draft a point guard to help him instead of drafting a, his, his backup? Now, if the Knicks trade Toppin for Westbrook, Okay, fine. But if they keep him on the roster, Larry, they couldn't go after Halliburton. I mean, why? Larry, every year, 
Wait, wait, every year. Uh, the guy from Utah, what, uh, Mitchell, his name? How Oliver many Mitchell, years yeah. has, a, has a point guard fallen to their lap and they pass it? How many years has, has, has a point guard dangled in front of them? He's hanging there. He's waiting there, and they look at him and say no. What, Larry, as much as I believe Dennis Smith Jr. is an improvement over Frank Neokina, Larry, he's not the feature here. It's two years too late. Okay, get training for him now doesn't make up for not picking him three years ago. So for them, I don't care about the best player. We need. How about you draft one need? And I know that's not popular. It's the best player. But I, I say again, draft what you need because you have two power forwards, but no point guard. So what? So how does that help you? Unless you trade him for, unless you trade him for Westbrook, fine. But on, but you have Robinson who has to get developed. And how about you, you draft trying to help him? Instead, you draft another powerful way. The name what Jordan Hill? How many busts have they had? How many busts? And they hired this new guy, Roadwide West, and he, and he and he picks his best friend, Obi. Larry, different people, same result. The point guard's in front of them, and they buy. And even the, the kid, uh, Maxi, gone. Larry, he, he, the, the point guard is right there, and they just look away. I don't understand it, Larry. Well, I hear what you're saying, Mike, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. First of all, first of all, thanks for the phone call. First of all, uh, Mitchell Robinson has really been playing center. He hasn't been playing forward. All right, he's been in the center spot. So they wanted another scorer alongside him. That's A. Because remember, uh, Kevin Knox was supposed to be the person that was going to be the scorer alongside him, and he hasn't been able to score. All right, that's number one. Number two, uh, Halliburton is not a point guard either. Halliburton is a shooting guard. All right, so he's not the point guard you're looking for. And I don't know what the Knicks were looking at, okay? I don't know what they have on their board and what they're thinking about. But apparently they have a guard that they think they can get in the second round that will be a point guard that they want. They have a point guard in Emmanuel Quickly. All right, that's the player they got that, that OKC took in the twenty in, with number twenty-five. And I know that he's more of a shooting point guard, more than a passing point guard. But he was a point guard and handled the duties at Kentucky. So I guess they believe that they can convert him and get him to do the same thing in the NBA. You have to wait and see. Okay, you know. Remember, this is the this is the team that jumped at Frank Nilakina, who was going to be the point guard, and they took him sixth. And now we can't wait; fans can't wait to get him out of town. Okay, all you hear is Prince Prince jokes <laughs> about him. So let's just take a breath. Let's wait and see what they have planned. Let's wait and see what these players are going to be able to do. I mean, there's a reason why they did what they did. They've got their interviews. They've got their, their workouts and everything. We just have to wait and see just what these players are going to bring to the table and how they envision using them. And do they have a trade in mind? Are they ready to – do they think that they're going to package some of the players that are already here and so which will open up areas and more playing time for some other people? We all agree that the Knicks need a point guard. Okay, we do. We get it. Quickly could be that guy. Maybe they, you know, maybe they're going to make a deal with some of these players 
and you bring in another point guard. I mean, I don't know what they're going to do, but I just think it's really unfair to jump on these kids right now. Oh, this kid can't do this and this kid can't do that. We got to wait and see. Got to wait and see what happens. 1-800-919-3776. Brandon's in Manhattan. Hey, Brandon, you're next on 98.7. All right, let's move to Jay in Queens. Hey, Jay. Hey, how's it going? All right, what's happening? How's everything with you? Good, thanks. I was, I, I, I was, you know, I like the positive callers. Some shout-outs to the negative callers, too, because that's what Knicks fans do. We're emotional beings. Mm-hmm. But um, I felt like Franklin Latino, he, he was improving his last game as, as a Knicks player he averaged tw- he had a 20 and 10 game rj barrett was peaking and i feel like dennis smith jr he had a wasted year but what he did prior to i mean after we got him after the trade deadline he showed us a lot of promise and last year was just a wasted year i feel like he deserves another shake at least to prove himself or at least be a six man and i think people are forgetting about jared harper he he looks pretty good and i also think that he deserves a shot as well and we also just drafted emmanuel quickly and we might just draft somebody else with a 33rd pick. Mm-hmm. So I feel like oh, as, as Knicks fans, we need to pump the brakes and look at our roster, evaluate it, and let's see what happens. And regardless of who we pick next, I still think that we're not done making moves. So I don't think we should go towards the negative direction right away and see what happens. But I, I like to pick with Obi Toppin. I, my main concern was that we might trade the 8th and 23rd pick to get Obi Toppin. I didn't want that to happen. Right, but I'm okay right. with picking him with the 8th pick. Mm-hmm. But as far as the point goal, like I said, we have Jared Harper. we got to give him a shot. All right, uh, Jay, I got to run. Let's see the next who they pick. Timberwolves select Daniel Oturu from the University of Minnesota. So Daniel Oturu Played in Minnesota, drafted by Minnesota, but the pick will be on the move and he will be headed to the Knicks as, as he celebrates the selection in Minneapolis. The father of Minnesota senior Daniel, o, Daniel Oturu is Francis Oturu. He was an elite table tennis player for the Nigerian national team. So Daniel Oturu, center out of Minnesota, averaged 20 points per game, 11 rebounds, and a couple of block shots. Drafted, picked by Minnesota, but he is coming to the Knicks. So the Knicks drafted a 6'9 forward, a point guard, and a center to have some depth on this team. What do you think? I know some of you are just like done. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Also on Twitter at hardest the ESPN at ESPN NY ninety eight underscore seven FM. You know what time it is. Now here is the top news stories of the day with Larry Hardesty. And the top story of the day is the NF is the NBA draft. With the eighth pick in the two thousand twenty NBA draft, the New York Knicks select Obi Toppin from Dayton University. The 6'9 scoring forward fell, and the Knicks gladly chose him, the National College Player of the Year, who they wanted to trade up to get. He averaged 20 points on 63% shooting last season, about 43% from three. Earlier, the Knicks sent their 27th and 38th pick to Utah for for Utah's 23rd pick, and the Knicks chose Leonardo Balmero, shooting guard out of Argentina, who they 
promptly traded to Minnesota for the 25th and 33rd picks. At 25, the Knicks chose Emmanuel Quickly, who is a uh, point guard out of Kentucky. And at 33, as we just told you, Daniel Oturo, a center, uh, is coming to the Knicks. Earlier today on the Michael K. Show, Jeff Van Gundy joined the guys and was asked about, well, this Russell Westbrook situation. Should the Knicks go out and get Russ? I think you can become accustomed to losing just like you become accustomed to winning. And I think everybody says, well, where you don't want to be is in the seventh and eighth spot, right? You don't want to be in that. Well, I'm going to tell you where you really don't want to be. 13th? At the 14th and 15th and 13th and 12th spot, like year after year. Now, that doesn't mean that teams don't have, you know, a bad period. Like, of course, you know. Even San Antonio, after the, that long run, you know, they they didn't make the playoffs. It's going to be hard to get back in the playoffs. Every team has ups and downs. But you want to try to continue to be competitive so that your players, it's one of the things to, you know, everybody talks player development. If you're not playing meaningful games, it's hard to develop as a player, and it's hard to evaluate if guys – are on the right track individually, and you're on the right track um, as a team. But Van Gundy added, Westbrook doesn't really make sense for the Knicks right now. Well, the Nets are also in this town, right? They selected with their 19th pick, Sadiq Bay, and then traded him to the Clippers. The Nets get Landry Shamet. This is a three-way deal that includes the Pistons with Luke Kennard heading to the Clippers. Jeff Van Gundy, once again on the Michael K Show, was asked, hey, um... Can James Harden work in Brooklyn? I think it all goes to do they want to make it work. I think if all three guys uh, commit to making it work, to sacrificing possessions uh, that they would play off the ball, then it certainly can work. You know, big-time talent wins in this league, but it's not just talent. It's also commitment to sacrifice, commitment to unselfishness, and commitment to being a part of something that's bigger than yourself. And if you can get that buy-in from all three, then there's no reason it couldn't work. By the way, Coach says the Nets can win the title even without James Harden. Turning to baseball, Mets second baseman Robinson Cano tested positive for the performance-enhancing drug Stanazol and will be suspended for the entire 2021 season. This is according to a statement by Commissioner Rob Manfred. It's the second PED suspension for Cano, who's 38, who missed 80 games in 2018 after testing positive for a diuretic while with the Seattle Mariners. Now, the second positive test results in an automatic 162-game suspension, according to the joint drug agreement between Major League Baseball and the MLB Players Association, which means Cano will forfeit his $24 million salary, and I've got some places where that can go. Quoting the Mets, we were extremely disappointed to be informed about Robinson's suspension for violating Major League Baseball's joint drug prevention and treatment program. This is according to Mets President Sandy Alderson. Quoting him, the violation is very unfortunate for him, the organization, our fans, and the sport. The Mets fully support MLB's efforts towards eliminating performance-enhancing substances from the game. Let's talk a little football, shall we? As the Mets return from the bye week preparing for a West Coast visit to L.A. for their game against the Chargers Sunday, Coach Adam Gase was asked, has there been any conversation about tanking for Trevor? Nobody's talked about that. I mean, we're just trying to 
play play young guys. We're trying to get guys experience. We're trying to make sure that you know we get guys out there and compete. And you know that's one thing that I can say that I especially I saw on Monday night. I mean these guys were. You watch these guys come off the field. They're whatever they have. They're giving it. We just got to figure out a way to, to finish these games to where you know we win in the game. You know we got one more point than the other side. It would help if they had a better game. Never mind. Any thought, Coach, to uh, sitting Sam Darnold because the season appears gone? If I said that to him, I don't know if that would go over very well. Um, he wants to play. Last week when he tried to make some of the throws that he went to make and he wasn't able to do it the way he wanted to, I think that was something where that's what caused us especially to pull back because he was not feeling like he was able to control the ball the way he wanted to, throw with the velocity he wanted to. I'm not getting that feeling from him or anyone else that he shouldn't play the rest of the year. We, we want him to get out there. We His teammates want him to be out there. And everybody wants to see what it can look like when we have the starting receiver, starting offensive line, him out there. Let's see what see what we can do when we get all those pieces out there. It'll be interesting. Giants announced today that they fired Mark Colombo and replaced him with Dave Guglielmo with the judge with Joe Judge saying in the statement that he felt like this move was the in the best interest of the team. Now our Jordan Ronon reported that the Giants decided to fire Colombo after the first year offensive line coach got into a verbal altercation with Judge over the team's initial plans to hire De Guglielmo as a consultant. Although the argument got nasty, it did not get physical, according to Ronon. A Giant spokesman also denied the report that said there was a fistfight, saying the report was absolute quoting absolutely false in every way. That's top stories. Thank you, Brian. 1-800-919-3776. Also on Twitter at Hardest to ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Jay Blaze NYC weighs in. Uncle L, Uncle L, I went to an A-10 school, so I followed the league extensively. Toppin works for us. And in, more importantly, he got the right head coach in Tibbs slash staff to teach and develop him. Remember, Jimmy Butler was a bit older, too, and has developed into a star. Hmm. Interesting. 1-800-919-3776. Now there's um, some reports out that Daniel Oturu is not going to stay with the Knicks. He may be moving on. We'll keep you updated. Let's go back to the phones. Trey's in Brooklyn, Texas. Joins us next on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Trey. What's going on, Larry? Everything is great, Trey. This is a fun night. Larry, Larry, Larry. <laughs> ask, ask me, am I going to be a Knicks fan tomorrow? No, I'm not going to ask you because I know the answer. Okay. So I'm going to be a <laughs> Knicks fan. You um, sure? I'm not <laughs> where I'm going to go, Larry. Brooklyn. Yeah. <laughs> Brooklyn. Let me get you ready. Yeah. Brooklyn. <laughs> I love saying it, and I love the jerseys, but I'm good. <laughs> I love, and I love my borough. I love Kings County. That's my home. Uh-huh. But, Larry, you know, this this team is going to keep doing this to me, and I'm just going to keep rolling with it. I'm not going to say nothing negative because mm-hmm. we don't know what these what these kids are going to be. We don't even know who's staying. These they doing mm-hmm. more they doing more movement than Kevin Costner in draft day right now, man. They moving, bro. Yeah. So. Yep. You know, we don't know who's who's staying. Well, we know who's staying. We know Obi Toppin is staying. His yep. father was a delight to watch. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, you know, he's a street bully, you know what I'm saying? Yep. Um, Dunker's delight, you know, yep. to, to the right. people that don't know who his dad is. His dad was a, 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 a classic street baller, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you're getting a worker. Uh, like I said, 
how many months ago, Larry? Maybe about five months ago. I told you about him, uh, Amari Stoudemire. Yes. That's pretty much what you're going to get. You're going to get to see what we thought, you know, Amari could be in New York, but we knew his knees were debilitated. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're going to see. You're going to see a Amari Stoudemire prototype. I don't know if you're going to see the same lateral movement from him. Right. As Amari, Amari was great lateral movement. You know what I'm saying? And he could switch on a dime. I don't know. He's more of a straightforward to the basket guy. And his yeah. jumper's not that bad. It's going to take some work. And he can't get it off. I know a lot of his tape was a lot of finishes at the basket. And, you know, uh, you know, just a lot of dunking and stuff. But he, the, the kid can play, you know. And one thing that he's going to be, he's going to be motivated to play for home. I mean, mm-hmm. that was the first thing out of his mouth. Yes. And I was, so I was happy for him, man. That's a Brooklyn kid. So I was happy for him. Right. But, but you know, I, I, hope, I, I, hope I'm, I hope I'm wrong about how I initially felt. I hope I'm wrong. But I, 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 I didn't love the pick. But then Halliburton fell. I talked to the Sarge. He was like, well, Trey. Your man, you're the man you wanted, he fallen. So what? So what? You know, I like, yeah, and, I, and, and I, what I, happened? I don't know what happened, Larry. I don't know. Every mock that I said and, and leading up the last week and a half, I told you I was on top of this. And yeah. I'm telling you, man, that thing switched on a dime like the presidential election in 2016. Switched on a dime. I didn't see that coming. I mean, yeah, I mean, to 12, I mean, like I said earlier, I mean, he, there was no, yeah. I mean, he wasn't the eighth was the lowest I saw him. And that was in our mock draft. He was going from anywhere from four to from four or five. He was further up. Yeah. I, I will tell you, you know, I was disappointed uh, on Tyrese Maxey. You know, that's who I wanted. That, yes, that, I that, that kind of broke, that kind of broke my spirit a little bit when he went to Philly. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're getting a hell of a player. Buddha. You're getting a hell of a player, Buddha. Oh, my brother Buddha, you're you're getting a real one. You're getting a real one. Uh, but but we got Emmanuel quickly, mm-hmm. and you know I'm look I'm looking at his tape right now as I'm talking to you on mute. I'm looking at his tape. Mm-hmm. The kid can play basketball, no question. He can get his own shot. He can get yeah. his own. I'm looking at the good and the bad. Yeah, and he can get his own shot. And uh, I, mean, I don't see him creating a lot for other players. So so that whole point guard thing is still up in the air. Mm-hmm. To me. Drafting Obi Topin is 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 let you know that they're going to try to push to get Westbrook. I agree. That I or think that, that was the nail. That yeah, I think that was the nail right there in the you know what you want if you want to call it a coffin. That was mm-hmm. the nail in the coffin. Just, ladies and gentlemen, all y'all Knicks fans that wanted to go young and wanted to you know uh, build through the drafts and all of that, it's over. We're gonna go. We're gonna go free agency now, which we thought was over. Yeah, but we're going to get this kid Westbrook, and he's going to run up and down the floor. He's going to have these guys running up and down the floor because mm-hmm. what, what, the way they drafted Larry was up tempo guys. Now that kid Daniel Oturo, if he's leaving, he's got to go because defensively and offensively he doesn't fit the mold for what they're trying to do because they're trying to. He he's got heavy feet. Yeah. Now Daniel Oturo's uh, feet are heavy. Now um, the I'm trying to find it here. Oh, um, the postmark Berman said he was told that uh, Daniel Turo, big man pick 33, is no longer the Knicks as they try to wade through the confusion. And then in another tweet from him, um, mm-hmm. he says that Knicks have traded the 33rd pick. It's believed they had netted it for Vernon Carey Jr., but he was taking Ooh, the 32. Right, so he was, but he was Do taking the 32. So they were, they're now trying to do something else so they're going to a plan l okay well that he would more more fit the plans he's he's a he's a big man but he's quick a quick-footed big man mm-hmm. from duke 
Yeah. And if if to all my like Miami Dolphin fans, like his dad, that's Vernon Carey's son. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Absolutely. Which makes me feel that much older, Larry. Good God, that's Vernon Carey's son. Mm, how about that? How about oh, that? Oh man, he's he's he'll be a decent big. But again, Larry, you know the Knicks. I I like the movement. I like the the, the messing around and you know keeping people interested. You know what I mean? That's good. But I'm the. We don't know yet, Larry. So I'm not going to sit here and disparage anybody. Maybe Van Fleet's coming. Maybe Van Fleet's coming. But Larry, I know we don't have a point guard. (laughs) That's all I know. Yeah, I know. Uh, We we had the same problem that we had three hours ago. Yeah, I know. Same thing. I I will tell you this. I do take solace when I looked at what the Dallas Mavericks needed when they were getting ready to draft. And then, you know, it has all the things that what they need. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. the first thing that popped up is said a healthy Kristaps Porzingis. <laughs> oh, that did my heart well. That did my heart well. That because you're never gonna see it <laughs> ever. He may never happen, Larry. So keep watching Dallas. And he's a hey, Luke the man. George Benson's the man. But that mm-hmm. other gimp you got, you know what they do with the what they do with them horses when they oh, when they can't see. run no more, Larry. Uh, they take them out back and they. Shoot them. Yeah, don't you don't. Yeah, mm-hmm. Elmer's glue, baby. Elmer's glue. <laughs> You're not right. You're not right. All right, All right. Trey, thanks. That for wasn't the call. right, Larry. All right, man, Larry. All right, man. We'll talk. Can you thoughts on what the Knicks did in the NBA draft? Also, want to hear from the Net fans about what your team did with their draft pick in the first round? Richard's in Manhattan. Hey, Richard, you're next on 98.7. Larry, you know, with all, due respe- with all due respect to the callers calling, saying that we needed a point guard in the draft. But if somebody told you before the draft, before any of this, that the Knicks would select the college player of the year, I mean, how can we go wrong? This kid can play. And when was the last time we took a 22-year-old? When? Yeah, I don't remember. I mean, the while. guy's mature. Mm-hmm. You know, Larry, the only downside, the worst that this kid can turn out to be, somebody like a Michael Beasley. You remember Michael Beasley? Yes, absolutely, sure. You know? Well, I mean, if that guy didn't do the drugs and all, he would have been a very good, very good NBA player. And he, as he turned out, he was a pretty good player. He was a college yeah. player of the year. Yeah, right. At Kansas State, I think. The year after Durant. Yeah. And, uh, no, this kid is great. And it was a blessing that we didn't have the tournament. He would have gotten exposed. Yeah. I thought he was going to go one, two, or three at one time. I didn't think he would last till late. He was ranked I, very high. Oh, yeah. High. yeah. And then I saw in the post, I was reading, oh, he may slip to eight. I read it this morning. I couldn't believe it. I said, nah, what are you, crazy? This kid's got to go four or five at the worst. He may even go one, two, and three. So, hey, Larry, you know, I was just thinking the last time the Knicks took the, a kid from Dayton this high, you know who was? Who? Donnie May. You remember on that 69-70 championship team? He mm-hmm. was a top draft choice. But they've always had a good program, Dayton. Yeah. Just, yep. you know, lower mid-level school, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But, uh, he's, you know, he's played major college basketball. So, no, there was a great pick. And he's got a great coach to teach him defense. You know, I mean, what kid comes out of college that can play the pick and roll, let, let alone a six foot nine guy? No, this was a great pick. Larry, he was college player of the year. Yeah, Who was I the know. Knicks ever? Last guy they took, well, it was Patrick Ewing that was college player of the year. I, I think, and once again, Richard, and you know Larry, how this goes. And yes, thanks for the phone call. You know how this goes. When you don't get a chance to see a player and you understand that 
you know, point guard, point guard, point guard, point guard, point guard. That's what got to get the point guard, point guard, point guard. So I get it. I understand that that's what people were just focused in on. What, why? What's going on? We're not getting a point guard. What's happening? I get it. But here was an opportunity. They really liked this kid. This kid was on top of was at the top of their board, and so they and they were ready to make moves to go up further to get him. And so the fact that they didn't have to, so they took him. Now you could argue that all right, so that's what you did. Great. Well, then you know, could you have gotten a better point guard? with your other draft choices, okay? Could you have gotten a better point guard? Now, I don't know what this kid quickly is going to be. I mean, I just looked at a couple of, you know, some some video of him, and he, he, can, he can create his own shot. He can get to the basket, okay? Uh, didn't see him in a lot of passing situations. I agree with Trey, but the other side of that is, you know, that I haven't seen a whole game of him, so I have to see a couple of games so I can – you know, evaluate him further. But here's a kid who can handle the basketball and, you know, maybe he's somebody that you can get to when he runs your offense, he'll be able to do what you need him to do as a young point guard. Or you're going to get a more experienced point guard elsewhere. Maybe you're ready to make a deal. Maybe that's what you're thinking about doing. So, uh, you know, that's that's we'll see what happens. But I just think that, for me, the interesting thing about this was how they maneuvered around to try to get the most bang for their buck. How they maneuvered around to try to get, um, you know, what he could, what they could do with the most options. Okay, and still get to the players that they had high on their board, and we're still trying to figure out uh, what's going on with this. What's going on with this uh, this this other pick uh, with, uh, you know, the center uh, that they took 33rd still trying to, you know, still trying to get still trying to see what's what, what's happening. OK, still trying to see what's going on um, on Twitter at Carl Semko. Pardon me if I'm pretty excited with what the Knicks did tonight. Is it OK if we leave some room for the possibility that Trey isn't right about everything? I've been wrong once or twice this year, he winks. Finally, I think the Knicks brain trust is actually represented by bright people. And, you know, clearly, uh, I know that Trey was disappointed because of who he wanted. And there's a lot of people who were disappointed because they didn't get the players that they wanted. But I still believe that, um, you know, when it's all said and done, it's a decent situation for them. The other side of this is I think it opens them some more, uh, you know, maneuvering to bring possibly a veteran point guard in. Maybe it's Russell Westbrook. Maybe it's somebody else. I don't know who they have in mind. I do think, though, when you're looking at Toppin, it it definitely sends a little message to Kevin Knox. Okay? You know, you better shape up or you might be involved in what we have to do to move on. I just do. And I'm 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 just curious to see where this all goes, and I'm and 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 I am excited to see what the next step is with this team, and where they're going to go from there. You know, let's uh, take the moment to recap the first round of the draft in case you didn't get it and you missed out. Let's get you caught up there with the first pick, overall number one pick. It was. Um, 
Anthony Edwards out of Georgia, who went to Minnesota as the first overall pick in the NBA draft. And, uh, you know, he's going to help that team. There's no question. He's going to help them. He is definitely going to help them in uh, trying to move, trying to, you know, get things rolling uh, with their team. Uh, number two was James Wiseman, who went to Golden State. Number three, LaMelo Ball, going to the Charlotte Hornets. Patrick Williams went four, and I think that's where everything started to flip, right? Because really, when you look, Toppin and Halliburton were in that further, that upper echelon part. Once Patrick Williams went four, that switched a lot of stuff. Then Isaac Okoro went to the Cavaliers. Anika Okungru went to Atlanta. Killian Hayes went to Detroit, and then that dropped Obi Toppin down from Dayton to the New York Knicks. So um, that's how the Knicks got it. And as I said, I was surprised that um, Halliburton dropped to number 12. Okay, I I was surprised. I really was. Uh, I thought he would be definitely in um, in that top 10. Uh, remember, they both were available when the Knicks picked eight. So they had a they had an option. But as you notice, there had been a lot of talk about Toppin, that that's who really the Knicks really, really liked. And as I mentioned before, we're ready to move up to get him. So, you know, they've got their guy. They have their guy. And they're, you know, pretty um, <laughs> pretty happy about that. But I, I'm I'm very curious to see, you know, where else they go and what else they're going to do in the future. Uh, but I, I, when I want to find out, um, what I want to find out about what's going on with Emmanuel quickly, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to reach in and see if I can hit my Alan Hahn phone. You know, now that he's working, we have a different phone. Now that he's working days with Bart Hahn from 11 to 1 here on 98.7 ESPN. And I know he just spent hours talking with Bill Pito and uh, Wally Zerbiak on MSG. Let's see if I can catch up with Alan Hahn. Hello, Alan. Larry, what's happening, man? It's been a while. It has been a while. How are you? I'm good. This was a very interesting night for the Knicks. It was weird. I, this 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 maneuvering was fascinating and enjoyable to me. Yeah, well, I mean, I thought it was amazing that you could take the 27 and 38 pick, turn it into 23, and then consequently turn it into 25 and uh, 23, turn it into 30, uh, 25 and 33, which I know 33 is no longer there. But still, you, you still sort of move up to where you you could get a player that you, you like, that you know very well uh, and quickly. They, they know him very, very well. And it's, I, I, like I said, it was fascinating to watch Walt Perrin work the draft board. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was pretty skillful to move around the way he did. I, I believe they moved up to get the 23 pick as a just-in-case we have to move up to get the guy we want. And the guy they wanted was Obi Toppin. Right. They wanted him all along. So mm-hmm. they got the guy they – like, Larry, when was the last time in a Nick draft they got the guy they wanted? Patrick Ewing. How many times did we say <laughs> they just missed, yeah. right? Oh, man, they wanted him, but he went one pick before. Steph Curry. This is the one time they didn't have to move up. Yeah, please don't bring up that. This is the one time they didn't have to move up. Mm-hmm. 
And so then they thought, well, we don't need this 23. Let's see, let's see if we can get some more assets out of it. Okay. And then they still were able to get another player they like. The relationship, obviously, with Kentucky and quickly. So they got a national player of the year and an SEC player of the year. Two guys that can shoot the three. Both very strong players as well. And, uh, and Toppin, like I said, Toppin could be an exciting player in the Garden. I'd love to be a point guard on this team with him and Mitchell Robinson. All right, let's let us let us do some comparisons, Alan. All right, both of them were there. Toppin I, was there. Halliburton was there at eight. You always you, yep. you made it clear that they wanted Toppin all along. What's the difference yeah. in the two players? Uh, physically ready to play now in the NBA. That's that's one of the major differences. That look, there's a reason why Halliburton went out of the top ten. By the way, yeah, surprise. It's a real nice look again. This guy's an all-around player, and he might be the best all-around player. He might have the best all-around skill set of anybody in the draft because good defender, not great, but good. Uh, a very good passer, great court vision, good feel for the game. And he's a good shooter statistically, although that shot looks so funky. Like, it's yeah. just weird-looking shot yeah. and a low release. But it's amazing to me that he fell as far as he did, which tells you there must have been something that people saw in the workouts or in video or something that caused 10 teams to pass. Yeah. So, again, his fit with the Knicks, there was one there. He and RJ would have made a real intriguing backcourt. Mm-hmm. But I also think you're t- looking at a guy that in Halliburton that needs to put on some weight, get stronger, would get bumped around a lot. You know, that was an issue with him. He might, you might have to wait for him to contribute. Toppin is a guy physically ready to play now. And he's 22. He's the oldest of all your young players. Yeah. Hilarious. But that's what he is. He's 22, and he'll be ready to play. And I do think that factored in here. Allen can quickly be that point guard. I know you and Wally were talking about that, that he's not really a point guard. He's more of a shooting guard. That's combo. He's yeah. more of a combo guy. Yeah, yeah. combo. Yeah, I think what he could be, in my opinion, is somebody that's like that – off the bench guard who can kind of just come in with scoring, mm-hmm. you know. Like I think he could project to be something like that. Very confident player. Very, you know, he's physically strong. Um, good defensive foundation. You know, this is not a guy that's going to get beat a lot. He's very competitive. So you know, he's not big. Of course, he's six three. Mm-hmm. Uh, the wingspan is about six ten at best. So he doesn't have great bounce. He's not going to blow you away with explosiveness. But it doesn't mean if you watch a highlight film of him, that guy gets a couple of oops. I mean, he can dunk. Yeah. So, you know, like he's, he can get up. He catches oops. He can fly. He can finish. He's got all kinds of stuff to his game. He's got the floater. He's got the pull-up. He can shoot the three. Um, 90% free throw shooter, which tells you, again, he must have a good shooting touch. Mm-hmm. So I, I liken him to somebody that can be that calm off the bench who can come in and give you offense, whether it's right away or, you know, in a year or two. Does Toppin send a message to Kevin Knox? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Kevin Knox. Um, you know, I heard they've been working out together, actually, this mm-hmm. offseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've heard they spent a lot of time in the gym together, and, and uh, you know, that's something to, to keep in mind. And Toppin's, you know, gotten the best of them. Um, I also think it sends a message to Julius Randle that they just drafted the replacement. Yes. So, you know, that's his position. Yeah, I know. So that's also something I think you got to keep in mind is is if you Julius Randle, Taj Gibson, Bobby Portis, these are all power forwards. They so are. They know they're not long for New York, and you know, 
that's something to keep an eye on. And two of the three of them make enough money that if you were talking about a Westbrook and, and you needed some salary to be close, they uh, would fit that bill. I, I know that sounds exciting. Um, Not saying that they would do it, do it, but that. I'm just saying. No, well, well, again, the motivation for Houston is what you're trying to figure out. Why would exactly. they do it? Because, yep. you know, you'd have to give them players that they can then waive. You know, uh, Portis, Taj, Elfred, those are all options. They're club options that have small partial guarantees. Mm-hmm. So it could save them money if you add them. Julius obviously is an expiring contract, but at, at $20 million, it's still a hefty contract. So, you know, would the Rockets want to do something like that? I'm not sure. There's just, I could this. It's a cold market for Russell Westbrook. Even the, the Hornets, as much as that's a rumor, I talked to somebody down in Charlotte today who told me they really, you know, they're not really that into it, mm-hmm. but they were hoping to maybe get an asset or two and then they'll take the contract. The Knicks, I think, are in the same place. It's right. the third year in the $47 million that's got. That's yeah. the big holdup at the 8-35. Yep, yep. No question about it. Uh, I think I think that uh, you and Bart are going to have a lot to talk about tomorrow morning at 11, and uh, there's so many things. What are the Knicks going to do next? I, I I would love to see a Van Fleet on this team, Alan. You know, just, just an, an experienced guard in the backcourt, a guy that's got a ring who could teach the young players what it takes to win. You know, somebody like that I, I'd be interested in. Would you give him four years? Uh, what is it, four years? It was like 100. It's basically like an average of like 27 a year. He's 26 years old. Would you do that? 26. I think about it, Alan. Because that's the max, and I that's what he's going to want. And and Toronto apparently is looking to get him a little cheaper in like the three year. They don't even want to go the full five. I think they're looking at three and like you know in the in the 80 range. Hmm. So if they're so going to you know, you go four years, yeah, let's would you go for that? They can give him five, but right. it sounds like they don't want to. So I'm asking you, do you think he's worth that? That's the question. Is he worth it, and are you willing to give it to him to see if you can get him out of Toronto? I'd have to think about it, Alan. I really do, but i got to see oh, what yeah. else is out there. Uh-huh. But I'd have to think about it. You don't have it. much time, Larry. They're going right into free agency, and you got two days. Shotgun wedding, baby. Bring him here. Let's do it. I mean, I re- listen, I'd right, rather Larry do wants- that. I'd rather do that than Russell Westbrook. Yes. Six yeah, years I younger. Right. I, I do. I do think I do think, you know, one over the other. Um, yeah, I, I think you're right. It's just I don't know if Van Vliet would take the you know, would he take the money and come to New York for the challenge? That's that's the question. That's the question. Do you leave yeah. the comfort of Toronto? Now Toronto just drafted Malachi Flint, who's mm-hmm. kind of the same mold as Van Vliet. Hmm. So that's an interesting thing as well. Did they? Well, they're telling him, take it or leave it. <laughs> we got somebody. Yeah, if you don't maybe. take it, bye. <laughs> well, Kyle Lowry's not getting any younger, obviously. No, so he's they, not. They, Van Vliet should be part of their future. But sure, that's a lot absolutely. of money that they'd be tying up in him. And do they want to? Remains to be seen. So I, I'm telling you, Friday's going to come. It's going to get real wild again. It is. Great season's already been wild. It was a crazy draft. Yep. You know, we're going to take our breath, and then all of a sudden the season will start. Are you uh, going through the Midtown Tunnel like you used to when we used to talk? Uh, well past the tunnel at this point, Larry. Nice. It, uh, it's, almost, it's, almost to you. It's a tough situation. <laughs> it's a tough situation. Nobody wants this situation, but one of the byproducts of it is it's a little less out there at night, isn't it? 
A little less traffic. A little yes. less traffic. Yeah, the traffic wasn't so bad. It, it, and I was, tell, I was saying to people that it was our first time in the studio since the night the season ended uh, so abruptly that March 11th. Wow. It was all of us were in the studio for the first time since then. We weren't even in the building since then. It was it was quite different, that's for sure. But it was sure. it felt good to be there. Yeah. And I tell everybody, check out check out my Instagram. I was walking past the garden to go to my car. I saw it. I and saw off it. on the garden, Marquee. Yep. Is uh, the picture of Obi Toppin. And if you're a kid like Obi Toppin who grew up in Brooklyn, whose dad was a street ball legend in Rucker Park. That's right. You're now. You and how about him, his dad, all right? It's seeing your son on the on the marquee yeah. at Madison mm. Square Garden. How He's do you think it. that feels? Oh, it's a great feeling. That's a great Gotta feeling. love it. Absolutely. Gotta love it. We'll be listening tomorrow at 11 for you and Bart. Be good on the radio. I'll try. Thank you, brother. Good to talk. Right. You got same here. Alan Hahn from Barton Hahn checking in with his thoughts on what the Knicks did in the draft. This is ESPN New York Tonight.